0: Here's $20,000. This was again, probably all the money they had in their bank. And they tend to do this, that $20,000 was the first check into that merchant.
1: We wanted wow. her to control her own destiny. And sometimes you just need a push of confidence and that's really what it took. And we just knew she needed an opportunity to shine. And she was a superstar in the making. We knew it. She just didn't. I didn't.
0: I had... Welcome to CEO School. I'm your host, Sanera Madani. And I believe that you deserve to have it all. Less than 2% of female founders ever break 1 million in revenue. And less than 25% of women are breaking the C-suite glass ceiling. And our team at CEO School is on a mission to change that. Each week, you'll learn from incredible mentors who are breaking the statistics, as well as women well on their way, sharing how they defied the odds so that you can do it too. If you are an ambitious woman who wants to create a life of impact through financial freedom, self-growth, and find confidence in your voice, grab a seat because class is officially in session. Hey everyone, it's Sanira here, and I'm so excited to announce a new giveaway and contest for all of our incredible listeners. All you have to do is leave us a review on why you love this show, and you will randomly be selected to participate in a one-on-one coaching session with yours truly. One-on-one, just me and you, and we're gonna deep dive into whatever topic you wanna deep dive into. We're gonna catapult your business to the next level. We're gonna start that next idea of yours. We're gonna break everything down into a private one-on-one session, me and you. And all you have to do is leave a review down below. That's it. Leave us a review. Tell us why you love the show. And every four weeks, we're selecting a brand brand new participant for this giveaway. And so do not miss your chance. It's literally the odds are hundred percent in your favor. Leave a review down below. I cannot wait to select you for a private one-on-one coaching session. Let's do this good morning everyone happy monday and welcome to ceo school for today's episode i have a very special guest probably the most special guest in my life and for the first time in ceo school history we have a man on the show and it's none other than my husband Faisal madani Faisal, welcome to the show
1: Hi, CEO of School. My name is Faisal Madani, and I have been a long fan of listening to the podcast. Never was, would I envision myself to actually be featured on the podcast. <laughs> so I do have some butterflies in my stomach, but I'm excited to partake and give you any insights I have on my life and our life and all the things that... Could be of, of interest to you guys. So
0: <laughs> I'm so pumped for this. We've actually also invited Sophia here to actually conduct the interview. So what's taking place today is it's actually our wedding anniversary. It is our eight-year wedding anniversary.
1: So, eight whole years you've put up with me.
0: Yeah. I have. No, we definitely have been together for thir- 13 years now, babe. So 13 years together, right. eight years married prior to that, it was four years dating, one year engaged, and now eight years officially married today. It has been, um, a beautiful marriage and partnership. I'm so blessed to have you in my life and something that I get asked by so many of you. So if you've been following me on social media, you will see glimpses of Faisal throughout the years. And you guys have so many questions for us. And so Sophia actually brought this up this week, uh, hey, why don't we do a special episode and I can ask you questions and interview you guys and we can share your life and your story and a little bit about how we make our partnership work and our marriage work. And I said, hey, that's gonna be great. We proposed it to Faisal and he's definitely a little bit weirded out today. I don't know, he's like, do I have to? And I'm like, it'll be fun. But of note, so we're gonna welcome Sophia here shortly. None of the questions, I have no idea what Sophia has prepared I she just this is like the time that we have booked, and Faisal and I are literally about to go for lunch right after this. And so, Sophia, take it away. We have no idea what you're going to ask us, but we will be ready for your
2: questions. Hi, Sophia. Hi Sunny, hi Faisal. Good morning, CEO of School. So excited to be here. Very excited to also bombard you with questions that you know nothing about. But when we get so many questions in social about this, I just feel like we need to bring it up because the people want to know. So the first question is for Faisal. Faisal, how do you feel to be the first man on CEO of School? How does that feel?
1: Pretty incredible. I, I'm I'm surprised that we haven't had a man on this show before, but I'm. Um... I'm happy to take the spot and be the first of many more. I hope, uh, hi to all CO school fans and listeners. Thank you for having me. Uh, love to answer any questions and anything that I can provide any insight on to, I don't know, make your so maybe so
0: Sophia is the one that's conducting the interview. Like the audience isn't on here, but you're really <laughs> sweet for thanking them. Um, uh, but if you do have questions, you can DM me and I'll definitely ask Basil since he is very sweet. Um, but yeah, Faisal, first of, I don't know many. I don't know if I want to have many men on the show. That is something that we're very purposeful about is this is a platform for women sharing stories about women. Um, but maybe we'll have other men that are contributing to amazing feminism than we can mm-hmm. think about it, right, Sophia? Well,
1: I do think right. there's a lot of men that are willing to support and want to support. So I think it's something that we should be inclusive
0: oh shit
2: i you <laughs> dropped the inclusive word on me
0: in like
1: not
2: two <laughs> minutes of this interview okay let's let's see depends, depends on how you do Faisal. how does it feel to have a whole gender on your shoulders on how you do right now maybe we will have more men i'm, I'm
1: always i've always been one to take one for the team so
2: okay let's yeah. do it let's take this off
1: on behalf so, of all mankind
2: oof No pressure, on behalf of all mankind, um, the first question for you guys, I think you haven't shared this before anywhere. We would like to know how you guys met. Mm. Let's start it off easy. Okay, well, Faisal and I have very different
0: versions of the story, so you go first. Yeah.
1: Well, uh, Sunny and I kind of knew of one another before, but it wasn't until summer of 2008,
0: her babies.
1: Yeah. She was uh, She was doing an internship with Macy's at the time in South Florida in Miami, which is where I was for the summer. And she was back and forth from Orlando and Miami. And she was staying with her uncle. Right? Uncle? Anyhow during that time frame, in that summer, we had mutual, we had a mutual friend that we would kind of hang out with, and we were kind of still just being friends at that during that summertime. And it wasn't until the end of the summer where I asked her out on her first date. And it was actually a little bit bittersweet because it was always, I, I don't know why I waited till the end of the summer, right before she had to go back up for her senior year of, uh, of university at university of Florida. And, that date ended up being our first date, which was probably the most magical thing i've ever experienced it was a, It was incredible, and to that oh day God. we haven't we haven't been apart, and so that's how that's that summer fling actually manifested in something to what it is today and it's quite incredible
0: well, I love you that's very sweet. It was not how I thought the story was going to go eight eight oh eight was our first date that's i think that when you were um that was our first official date, and it was all summer. We, we did meet in Miami. Um, we had mutual friends in common. He was actually my neighbor, so that's like the part of the story mm-hmm. that I like to share. And uh, we met at a poker game, it was like our official meet. And
1: Well, that's why I knew it was of interest because that, that evening at the poker game, I was so busy taking everybody's money at the table. But I had a distraction under the table that someone kept playing footsie's with me.
0: That is not true. That is the complete opposite. It's not true. And this is a story that I thought Trying you were going to tell. Trying to
1: distract me, but instead it motivated me to ask you out on a date. So,
0: well, thank you. Well, yes, he did ask me out, and eight eight zero eight was our first date. It was my summer before my senior year of college. Definitely did not think that I would be leaving with a long-term boyfriend, and here we are. Thirteen years later,
2: together, two babies, four businesses, um, a hell of a lot of crazy in between. Sunny, so you said you were in your last year of university uh, when you guys met. Faisal, what were you doing then? Were you studying or were you working already?
1: So I was going back and forth from looking. Uh, the financial crisis was in place at that time, so the markets were pretty bonkers, and to get a job was 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 really 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 a struggle. Uh, so it's actually that following summer, Sal, uh, which is Senior's brother- Well, you missed the I,
0: part that you already graduated to UF. So he also went to UF, graduated UF, and was then figuring out. So Faisal is, I was a freshman while he was a senior. So he was already out of college when I was in college. Mm-hmm. So we had an overlapping singular singular year, but we didn't go to school together. We didn't know of each other at that time until I came back to UF.
1: Correct. So we were at UF- Um, three years apart, but we never met each other while we were at University of Florida. It wasn't until that summer where we actually got to know one another. And so that following year is when her brother and I decided to start our first business, which was Burger Bar, which was a restaurant inside the food court of a mall. And in that time I was coming back and forth from Miami to Orlando. And we Didn't have any experience in the restaurant business whatsoever. We literally started this concept in September and had a restaurant open for Black Friday two months later. And it was one of the most incredible experiences of our life. It's what got me to move here to Orlando and become closer with Sanera and her entire family.
0: So what was crazy is that it was Sal and my brother that, I mean, they were literally best friends and it's so frustrating as this girlfriend in the mix of this, because it's amazing that your husband or your, your boyfriend and your brother are best friends. You started a business. They were hanging out all the time. And then they're crazy about building this, it was called burger bar, which was so cool um, of a concept of a restaurant, but it was, they were, none of us were making any money though. Like that's also important uh, part of our story is at that point, I think all of us were living at my mom's house all three of us, Sophia, in different rooms. So we were literally in different rooms living at, and that's important part of the story as well, because my grandmother was, uh, rest her soul, she was alive at the time and she would make sure of it every day that she would come check in and make sure everybody was in their, in their bedrooms. And we were all living together and like living off of like my parents, like that would feed us and house us while I was working in corporate America. So I had graduated and I took a job with Philip Morris, which was tobacco company. Nobody knows this about my background, I don't think. I was working for Marlboro and Faisal graduated. Sal had graduated. Literally, we're all finance major graduates from University of Florida living in Orlando in my parents' house while barely making any money. Like that was the story of our lives in 2011, 10. I don't know what that was.
1: To this day, we still look at Burger Bar as our MBA. So we put in a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get that business off the ground. We built this concept from literally nothing into a full operating business inside the food court of a mall. And it was an incredible experience. And we put time, effort, and we learned so much. We failed, but we learned. And to this day, it's what kind of set us apart and laid the groundwork for our next businesses. And right after that...
0: So it it completely failed, Sophia. So... I was working corporate while Faisal and Salman were working and building this, they thought they were going to have this huge, like the dream was to not have one restaurant was to have like the franchise franchise out burger bar. You guys were actually the first restaurant group at that time to get a beer license, a beer and wine license in Simon malls. So like they did it right. Uh, but it was just like, not the right time, not the right location.
1: Yeah. It just wasn't a scalable process, a scalable business for, for the malls. And if it was something we wanted to do, uh, moving forward, it would have required a lot of time and effort. That wasn't something that we realized was our path, but we learned so much from it and decided to kind of go our own separate ways. And from there is where I took my business off the ground, where what turned into a side business from a $5,000 loan from my mom, I started buying selling phones on Craigslist. And believe it or not, that $5,000 loan from my mom, I turned it in six months into $1.5 million in sales. How? It's pretty nuts. I think it was just a testament of just pure hustle and drive to be successful and figure something out for my future. And as, as, and this six months was basically the time I was allocated for getting a placement as an air traffic control, my business took off. And I said, this is what I want to do. And I knew that that was my calling was to be an entrepreneur, was to figure things out on my own path and be my own boss. And that was what took my business off. And in three years, I was doing over $20 million a year in annual revenue it was bomb. wow
2: six months for our 5k to turn into 1.5 million that is amazing i have so many questions here so first of all sunny what were you doing at that time were you still working in corporate
0: yeah well
2: so here's my situation right so
0: we're all living i was the only one with like health insurance <laughs> so <Yeah>. while <laughs> Like Faisal was building his dream and he was, he was going back and forth to school for air traffic control. So he wasn't just building a business. Like I remember it was like the best times of our life too. like, although it may seem like when we think about it and you write it down on paper and you're like, okay, it was, we were broke. We were, but we were young and we had an amazing family and support system around us. Like that was our foundation. It's not like our parents had a lot either. So it's not like we came from these like crazy backgrounds, but we had a lot of love around us. And I think it was really progressive of like our, my parents at the time too. Um, And this is like what I loved about my dad and our family is that they knew that they loved Faisal, even though you were we weren't even engaged at the time, but you know, it was kind of this like,
1: it was less than a year of us being together, but quickly that rapport was made and they literally opened their arms to me and welcomed me into their home. Like we were going back and forth with this restaurant, but they said, don't get a place, come stay with us. I mean, for them to kind of do that, that early on i mean
0: it was it was amazing that like you know i i and I, I really attribute like that support to our success because i don't think i think it, and also it was so much mindshare right so it was really cool it was like it was this is where like the dna of entrepreneurship really feeds on entrepreneurship i think that this is where i didn't i was in the corporate path so i was working for a large uh, fortune 50 company it was just a job. I wasn't really, I was obviously not passionate about the product. I was working for a tobacco company, but this was 2009, right? So that was the last, like the the last recession that we had. And the job market was so tough, even as summa cum laude, like UF majors, I, I, you know, I was fortunate to have this corporate position that like I had a company car and I had, um, I remember I was like, so excited. They were paying for my internet and like all of the air quotes perks of having a corporate job, but it also was our sustenance, right? That was like the steady paycheck that we had. That was our spending cash that we had. And so we were able to have one of us needed to have that corporate job. So even though, so then I was coming home um, and I was actually driving to Daytona. So Orlando and Daytona, uh, Sophia is like an hour and a half away. And when we say, when I say like, we've worked hard in our lives. Like there's something that I will say, um, about us and our family and like our work ethic. I would drive every day in the morning. My, my territory that I was assigned was in Daytona beach, which is an hour and 15 to 30 minutes away from my home in Orlando, my parents' home in Orlando. And the company at the time would tell me that they were going to switch my territory. It was going to change soon. It was going to change soon. And so I never committed to, I didn't, I didn't want to move to Daytona. It's not a really, like, it wasn't a place to live that I was excited to live in. And so I was taking that drive every single morning to and from um, my, my work. And I was literally out of my car. I was this territory sales manager, which is a lonely job um, in a really big corporate world. And, I was selling a product or I was like in charge of a territory to grow share of space. I learned a ton. And I learned a lot about corporate bureaucracy and I learned about how to navigate myself, how to be on time, how to be professional, how to talk to customers. Like I did I, I really value the corporate experience that I got. And it did give us sustenance for where we were at the time in our lives. So I don't like everything happens for that reason, but it was hard. But what was fun was when we got home and then, uh, the boys would get home, like Sal and Faisal would get home. And they literally smelled of grease and French fries and burgers. Like they literally flipped burgers for two years. And we're trying to get this thing off the ground, but barely making a paycheck. And I remember, I think one of like a moment that I always like come back to smiling and bring me into tears that like, just like a humbling moment for us. Like, I remember where we like barely had any money. And we had all, and we would literally sit down and like map out all of our, we'd literally talk about how we're going to be the next big thing. So that was like never, ever stopping any of us.
1: In our heads, skies was the limit. Sky
0: was the limit and nothing was a limitation. Even though there were so many blockers when you look now. And I remember on our anniversary, like our first like dating anniversary, (laughs) you bought me.
1: Yeah. It's uh, that's funny. You remember that. So that's actually Sal and I, Sanira's brother, you know, we were, we were working at this burger place and every dollar we got in, we were putting it back into the business because we were trying to figure out a way to continue to grow and continue to scale it. And I remember that, that day we looked at each other and I was like, Sal, I was like, I don't know what to get for your sister for our anniversary. I know it's, it's not anything. And you know, what we did is we literally took whatever we had in our bank accounts. I don't know. It was like 600 bucks at that point. And we combined our money and we went together to Zales and Sal and I put all our money together so we can get something, a necklace for sneer for our anniversary. And that day we brought it home and she was obviously like, I mean, very, very, very like surprised, but she was, it was, it just meant so much to her that regardless of where we were, we figured out a way to make, you know, bring something to her and it made her smile. And to this day, I still remember literally emptying our bank account so we can get her something which
2: is so stupid
0: and so it probably it's is so stupid and so thoughtful and so and i am gonna get emotional about it because it wasn't like it, it literally literally had we had nothing um and then the fact that like we always said like that was like the, the true one team one dream sophia of like where it's plastered everywhere and like why i'm such a huge believer mm-hmm. in having like a true team like a one team one dream that was one team one dream we like literally him, and my brother, who have they're literally pouring their money come they've no money, and then it's like our first year dating anniversary, and of course he like it's so sweet that he wants to get me something and then we go, they go to sales and get this little cute little necklace and he puts it under my pillow, and it was just the sweetest first year anniversary, but it wasn't about that it wasn't about the necklace, it wasn't about the pendant, it was really about just, I don't know. It was really about the, the aspect of like the give the heart, the work, the hustle. And it was just like, that always reminds me of like our humble beginnings. And from there, what's crazy is that it's also important as entrepreneurs to determine when to kind of like cut the plug. And I think that's like a lot of places where I find that people don't, they chase their dreams and, um, you know, and can sink everything into an idea. And I think that's something that I admired about you two was you worked hard, but then you also knew when to to say, "Hey, this is not going to give us the lifestyle that we want." Um, you guys probably could have turned that business into a six figure business. Not that it wouldn't have been, but that would have been it. Like it wouldn't have been more than that.
1: Correct, and that's where it came down to. It wasn't that the business couldn't sustain itself. It wasn't. It just wasn't something that we saw was part of our future and wouldn't scale in time in the time frame we wanted it to. And we realized at that point we had to get something else um uh another business uh for for each other and so
0: and sal went back to corporate so as Faisal's gonna tell the story now sal actually ended up going back to corporate sophia um working starting to do consulting so he went and got a job with deloitte and then he carried on his professional path which maybe will come full circle in in my stack story of how that happened but i was working long answer i was working in corporate while Basil was leaving burger bar. So they decided to close that down. Right, And then you were, you would just finish. And that's when you were doing air traffic control school. So you were also hustling. Like that's where I was going with was the fact that like, dude, we were working, we were working, going to school, like doing other things. And then on the side, because you needed side cash money, that is how you started sunshine mobile.
1: Correct. So, yeah. So as I was finishing Burger Bar, I was still in school and I received my associate's degree in air traffic control and decided at that point, you know, the wait time to get to get uh, to get allocated for a position there was about a year. And so I started this business buying and selling phones in the meantime and realized there was a huge niche for this product and there was a huge demand for it. I needed to figure out how to source more. And I hustled. I would start going to trade shows. I would go to Dubai. I would go to South America. I would go to China, and I would just figure out who these uh, buyers were and who these suppliers were. And in six months' time, I I grew that business to one and a half million dollars in revenue. The following three years, I was doing sixteen to twenty five million dollars a year in just revenue, and my business took off. It it became. It literally sustained our entire family at that point, and everybody was a helping hand and it was It was part of our entrepreneurial spirit and it was it allowed actually at that point to be each other's crutches to push each other to start their own entrepreneurial dream and I think that part for me was priceless
2: I love that I love that too. that is so beautiful. so to recap you guys met in 08 you were dating for a year there was a year where you lived with your mom Sanira, uh in separate bedrooms not gonna ask here who you know sneaked out in the middle of the night gonna leave that for another episode we both both did did. you're not scared of your grandmother i would be scared of my grandmother rest in peace (laughs) daddy so then you guys Faisal, you started your entrepreneurial journey at this time sunny you were still in corporate Uh, I have two questions here, and this is actually from our audience. This is straight from our Ask Me Anything on Senior's Profile. It's a two-part question. So when did you guys know that the other person was the one? And secondly, who proposed? Oh, I wish I did. Um, I would say I knew
0: when Faisal was the one... And you right away, I don't know how to explain it. I've had previous boyfriends before. It's not like I was like a single girl. I had boyfriends and I don't know. I feel like it was my 21st birthday and you drove out for my 21st. This is how long we've been together. Like we're literally babies uh, together. And I just remember just that weekend trip of my 21st birthday. And I didn't wanna be with anybody else like we just never stopped seeing each other. We never even officially started dating. Like it wasn't like a, it just, we never stopped seeing each other. And I would drive from Gainesville. I was actually telling Mila this yesterday um, because Marin five Sunday mornings, the song was on the radio. And I was telling her that this is like mommy and daddy's song because I would leave Miami and drive all the way up to Gainesville like every weekend. Like he would come up or I would come down. So for me, it was that 21st birthday weekend and it was really early. Um, and I knew that I didn't want to be with anybody else.
1: Yeah, I, th- I I agree. It was it was that feeling in your stomach where you just know, and somehow, some way, all the puzzles just fell in place.
0: We're lucky. I will definitely say that most people don't meet their significant others at such an early age or are able to grow into individual people, because I do feel like we grew together, really like, grew up together. And something that I will say is that we've I don't know. We did it together. I think that is what is really special about what I think about our story is that it wasn't one or the other. And it's like Faisal's business. When that took off, Sophia, it was amazing, but it wasn't straight to the bottom line. So there was a lot of inefficiencies. And I want to take away from like, but it was like 20 million in revenue, really small margin product, a lot of efficiencies to be driven. But finally we had like growth and scale and something. And that gave me hope to say, okay, I can quit my job and you know, at that time, I'd already moved on to a second job uh, in corporate America, which was in payment processing. And I'm not going to share my story on today's episode. You can go catch that on like episode one, I believe. And so I was in the credit card processing space. When I had this idea for the first subscription-based payment processor, which was Fat Merchant, I came back and I didn't even think that I could start it. Like I remember literally coming home to that round dining room table. Like, I feel like that table at my mom's house was like where everything happened. Like, I don't know if you guys have these like memories of things. Like I remember like this, that table. And I remember coming back, being so upset that I pitched this idea to my bosses. And you've heard that story before, but I came home and it was my dad and my brother and my my then boyfriend, my, my boyfriend, Faisal, my mom and our dog, Babe. Like Babe was there and... I remember sitting at this dining room table and my family literally all looks at me and they're like, well, why don't you go do it? Like, that wasn't even a thought that crossed my mind to say that I should go start my company. And if they didn't push me, like I was the last person and that's that whole episode. I literally said, I'm like the last person to take a bet on myself. I didn't want to take a bet on myself. If you guys hadn't like given that push and I was like, all of these excuses of like, where am I going to go find Mr. Visa? Like, how do you even start a payments company? There are so many things that were just not, yeah. Like so far from achievable that, and I needed so much capital. Like it was a very capital intensive business. And I remember at that time, you and Salman both pulled out, literally said, here's $20,000. This was again, probably all the money they had in their bank. And they tend to do this. They do they do everything together in that way. And uh, that $20,000 was the first check into Fat merchant.
1: Yeah. We wanted her to control her own destiny. And sometimes you just need a push of confidence and that's really what it took. And we just knew she needed an opportunity to shine. And she was a superstar in the making. We knew it. She just didn't. I I
2: didn't. I didn't know it. I feel Like like we know it sometimes. I feel like we need Sal on this episode too. That might I know. Be next, he's like, he's actually, he texted us this morning, happy
0: anniversary to all of us, like legit. Like he's like, happy anniversary. He's like, I'm the one that keeps you guys um, sane. Otherwise you two would drive each other crazy.
2: Maybe that's the secret. Maybe you just need a really supportive brother in the mix to just keep you all sane. I know. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys. So for Faisal specifically, we have a lot of, um, obviously women who are tr- trying to, are they entrepreneurs or are trying to begin their journey and they need that support from their husband. And they need that, that idea that you really, that your partner is a superstar and she just needs her chance to shine. What are the top things that you think you did in that time to support Sineera while she started
1: Wow. Yeah, I, I think the big part of of that is really just communication, and I think being able to talk through what are the things that you're working on with each other is big. I think there's also feedback from one another that that really is motivational. You have to continue to uh, create opportunities to help push each other to grow each other, grow with each other, and to help further each other's ideas. And so I think there's also times that we're going to have. Uh, We're gonna have these like, you know, these ups and downs, but you just have to always be supportive. And so I think for us, we always supported one another. We worked with one another, whatever it took. So like for my business in the initial parts, Snare would come with me and wait in line. And we used to go to the, we used to travel to all over wherever we could to source product and vice versa. When Snare was getting started, We would go to these trade shows in Tampa, in Atlanta, in New Orleans, and we help spread the word and we, you have to be able to support one another. And I think in a lot of those, it's really comes back to our core, you know, values of one team, one dream. And it's really not just in our relationship, but also in our support of each other's entrepreneurial spirits.
0: I appreciate you so much, by the way, I don't get an opportunity to tell you as often as I feel it, but I love you. I love you too. Um, something that I think that I hear this often too, Sophia, is that I think where you were even trying to ask this is like for the people that don't have that partner support, right? So this is definitely Mm -hmm. a challenge for many women that we have in our community. And it's not even just about the men, even, you know, all kinds of, you know, partner, just partnership in general, not having support from their families, not having support from their spouses, not having support from their friends. Um, it's tough. It feels, it's such a lonely journey. And so having like an anchor that can help drive and we didn't have community at that time. So we had each other. And so I will say that for the women out here that might not have this in that support system, ask for it. Sometimes I feel like something that we always say to each other is like, let's not assume. And that usually creates the fight amongst each other is when we're making that assumption that the other person doesn't care or that they're just not interested or whatever that may be. We always like, even today, we have to always go back and just make the ask to say, Hey, I need a little bit extra support. We're going through that right now. Like, I just, last night, we literally sat and chatted through the next 45 days of my life are absolutely crazy. And so we made a plan, and I'm like, Here's the plan. And I asked, and I said, I just need a little bit more grace right now. But I made the ask, and I'm not saying that all of the partners on the other side may have that, but I think having what you said about communication and support is important. And also for, as a woman, I think sometimes we don't make that ask. We we just want them to just do it or to say, I wish he was like that or she was like that or our partner was like that versus just making the ask to say, here's actually what I need from you. Do I have you on board? And like having that direct conversation, I think has really helped us in, supporting each other through all of the crazy.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think the big part that we've learned and it's taken some time is don't make assumptions. Don't assume that your partner knows what you want all the time. Like, especially if it's something that's on your mind, communicate that, hey, hun, i I'd like to go and do this or I need your help with certain things. Those communications are important. And sometimes when things are left as assumptions, we'll create issues, resentment, other things and so forth. Having an open, clear channel is just important. And sometimes your partners are going to falter every now and then. It's just okay to have that conversation and say, hey, look, so-and-so is upsetting me, yada, yada. Let's get through it, move on. But communicate it. Don't just put it in the back burner because those things will continue to fester and they're going to create issues down the line.
2: Guys, that seems like a very healthy way to deal with conflict, but I assume that you guys must fight. It can't always be perfect. What happens when you do
1: no relationship is perfect anyone that tells you that is really just painting a picture of
2: not reality yeah
1: not reality I, you know like i said and it goes back to those things sometimes in those moments i think stepping away from it for a second to kind of regain and calm your emotion and then reapproaching it with the the mindset of giving each other the benefit of the doubt is really helpful i think as long as you know deep down each other's intention is is there in a positive way, everyone's capable of making a mistake and that's okay. And I think you have to be able to acknowledge your mistakes when you're wrong and to be able to say, hey, you know what? Okay, I can see why you're looking at it this way and talk through it. And communication is such an important part of it. And I can't emphasize it more, um, more than I am right now because if that communication isn't there, if that channel of communication is not there where you guys have the platform to be able to say what you guys feel without you know, limitations, then you're going to, it's going to create issues and you have to be able to say things, even if it's something that the other person, your, your partner does not want to hear, you have to be able to communicate it, but create that communication and deliver that message with empathy, with, with ways to kind of better it and I don't know. Yeah, We're-
0: I love that. No, and it's, that's the truth. I think that is definitely, um, I would say if like, there's like a secret to it, it's really great communication, but it's not always perfect. And although there's like so many things that we've learned and there's a lot of like growth that we've done. I mean, I think um, just... Being able to have hard conversations is a skill set. That's something that we talk about here on the show and, you know, inside CEO Schools, uh, Sophia, so often is effective communication. Like, but it also translates into the home and how we are to each other. And I think something that's important in relationships in particular is understanding how the other person wants to be communicated. I think so like my way of when I'm upset is a very different way than how Faisal is upset. I am angry and loud and like, I'm like the air quotes, crazy one. Like I will get upset. I will physically like in my, like I will show my frustration in, in my emotions and my tears and my tone. And I can use you language and I'm like very defensive and Faisal from a personality wise is like so calm and so collected all the time. And when he's upset, it's like, it goes like, he gets completely silent and needs his space. And so in the beginning of our relationship, and it's still a constant, I have to remind myself that even we process anger differently. We want to communicate with each other differently. Our needs are different. And so things like Understanding each other's like love language, like that is definitely something that like quality time is super important to both of us, like in our relationship. Right. Like that is something that he needs in the relationship. I needs, and I need in my relationship. For me, words of affirmation are extremely important. For physical, physical touch is really important. Connecting physically, like, you know, and it's it's not just about intimacy, but understanding your partner's love language is so critical. How they want to be communicated and even how they deal with anger, even if you just understand that so when things are heated, which is very normal, we're parents. I think 95% of the arguments that we have are about our children. I, I don't like that. That is literally now our new arguments are over bedtime and food like it's literally those two things more so than like anything else but we still all process emotion and with your partner you're the most vulnerable right like you you take out the reason why you fight or you're the most angry it's with the people that you love the most it's because that is the most the truest state that you could be in there are the people that you can be the most the number one person i fight with is probably my mother like that is probably the number one person who i still i love the most like i um it's just natural because i can be myself around her and i but we have to understand how every single relationship, and I think this goes beyond just husband and wife, your partners at work, your colleagues, your family members, it's all just communication, and understanding what each other's like needs and wants are as human beings fundamentally. We're just all different. We're wired differently. And so you have to understand that about the other person so that you can also adjust your behavior to make sure that that person feels heard. Like, you know, if I'm like really upset and I like storm out, Faisal's not you know, like he said, giving benefit of the doubt was like a really important word. I think that we use all the time, like just at the end of the day, always give me benefit of the doubt, always give him benefit of the doubt, but it's not intentional. We're not doing it to hurt each other. And so it helps you kind of get over it faster, communicate better in your relationship. So I really love the the advice on benefit of the doubt and effective communication at the end of the day.
2: I love that. I, uh, my next question was actually going to be what you guys' love languages are, but you uh, already answered that. Um, you said quality time is really important for both of you, and you've spoken a lot about weekly date nights that you guys don't miss, no matter what. Can you tell us a little bit about how you balance that, including your busy schedules, your kids, all the stuff in your life? 13 years.
1: Yeah. I Look, it was, you know, those first you know, eight years of our marriage before kids came into play of our, sorry, of our relationship before kids came into play, you know, we were single, we were out and about, we traveled so much and and not that we still don't, but once kids came into the play, kind of lost that, that momentum. And it wasn't until we realized like, Hey, there's like, there's something going on. Like there's something that that's kind of creating some rockiness in our relationship. And, you know, we tried different things and we realized that, once we spent time with one another and just quality time, it literally changed our relationship. And so we set a point where no matter what, once a week, regardless if it's McDonald's, whether it's, you know, wherever. So once a week we go out and we go somewhere, whether it's a walk in the park, whether it's doing a picnic out there, whether it's a fancy dinner somewhere, but date night once a week is imperative to our relationship. And it's, happen where we, you know, we skip a week or two and we don't realize it. And then all of a sudden frustration mounts between the both of us and we realize it and always goes back to not taking the time for each other. And it's so important. And I couldn't give you out of all the things I've said today, if there's one thing I can recommend as a couple is, especially for parents, make that effort for once a week to, I don't care if it's a mom or a mother-in-law, or whoever get someone to help you with babysitting and take the time for each other because that really does equate into some really happy times for you guys. And it'll create joy. It'll create, you know, just this feeling of want and it kind of rekindles your relationship. And it's so incredible. Highly recommend it. Please, please, please take the time for one another at least once a week, if not more.
0: He said Um, it, he said it here. There's nothing much to add there besides making it a prior, like this is, And this stemmed from the fact that, like you're right, quality time is both of our love languages. It's so easy to get caught up and it's really easy to make the excuse not to do it. And like, as Faisal mentioned, it doesn't have to be anything big. It's literally, even if it's just to say, we're going to go for like, today we're going to go for like a walk that's like separate, but just, you know, we really do try to go out for a date night. That is something like, you know, it's, he's right. It could be McDonald's. It could be a walk, but we do try, we get dressed up, we get dressed up for each other, right? Like it's like a, I get to wear the new dress that I got, or he gets to, you know, like it's nice to be able to like date again. And so it kind of brings back and the conversation isn't about the kids anymore or about work. It's about what's happening. And like all the usually like the greatest ideas and like our next business or like, here's what's happening or just like our travel plans. Like that's when you get an opportunity to sit and talk about it. By the time we get to the bed at night, we rest our head. We're exhausted. You don't get to have those conversations. And so it's like making time to do that. And, um, Faisal's right. There's no excuse in any relationship for you to, um, you know, for, for that to, to not take place. And some people are like, how can you do it? It's like another night away from the kids. Like this is our kids, Are very well aware of date night and they know how important it is to mommy and daddy and to our whole family and everyone's all in support of it they're excited they know like it's just part of our routine now that they know that it's date night and they're they're so excited they always tell us to have fun or mila will help me pick out what i'm wearing and it's actually so such like a cute part about our family is like this date
2: night yeah that is a super cute part, and um, it's funny that you mentioned that this happened and this habit started implementing in you guys's life and routine when you started having kids. Um, I want to, I want to spend some time talking about that, uh, especially for Faisal, because we we don't often see examples of super dads like you are. Um, Senia has talked about when she was starting uh, Fat Merchant, she couldn't take maternity leave, and I assume you needed to step up a little bit more during that time. Can you talk to us about that?
1: I mean, I one thank you for calling me a super dad. I I feel like you are a
0: super dad. That's that in dad.
1: <laughs> We should all try to be. And I think the big part about parenting for me, I always try to be engaged when I'm spending time with my kids. I truly spend time with my kids. I learned the things I love their love languages. So every kid is different. And I, I, you know, I I just whatever for me, it was always about just enjoying my time with them. And it's for me, I I don't know how to properly it's it's been the most incredible experience of my life is becoming a dad. And our kids have I've been blessed to have kids that really just embody joy and 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 spending time with them regardless of if there's a tantrum or not. I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. So, I, you know, as, as in, that, in those times where Sonera was having to put in the extra time and effort, I truly enjoy the time of spending with our kids. And, I, you know, in those moments where, you know, Sonera was working and I had to step up, those are moments that all dads should be able to do for their significant others when they need to step up being a dad isn't something as an option. It's what you are, it's what you want to do. And you got to create joy for yourself in being a dad. And so step up where you need to, because all guys, all dads should be in those moments and you figure it out. There's no excuses. You figure out what it takes and you enjoy it. And for me, being a dad has probably been the most enjoyable thing I've ever experienced in my life. And I look forward to it every single day, every single morning I wake up and I hope all the dads out there are doing the same.
0: But they're not, right? So that's, I think, one of the things that Sophia and I, we get so much from so many women. They just don't have the support at home. And I'm very, 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 very blessed to have such a supportive partner, right? So partnership is partnership, right? It takes two people. It's mutual. Never once do we come home and it's not about, we actually don't have like duties of like, this person takes out this like this is who does the laundry and his this is the person that does whatever like we're a team and it's whatever needs to get done gets done and we collectively there's not, like not one assignment that's greater than the other. A lot of the times, Faisal, what you're not aware of is because we're surrounded by also amazing friends that are all working professionals that are also supportive dads. Like we're actually around and I think maybe the group um, think is different in our in our circles, but there are definitely circles out there where the burden, the emotional burden, the physical burden, and the caretaking burden of the children do fall on just ones on the mom. And so then working, it becomes like this huge guilt factor because there's so much to do. They don't have the support. So I'm going to ask the question of like, what advice do you have for her uh, in that to get her partner to
1: be differently? So something you kind of just, you kind of hit it a little bit without realizing you, you answered your question there. So I think a big part is surrounding yourself with other spouse, other couples that are engaged. Right? So if you feel that your husband or the other dad is not really engaged, start making an effort to spend time with other couples who are engaged. Right. And maybe being surrounded with other dads that they see are engaged could help, right? Like to see that, Hey, this is something that I can step up and I see it happening here perhaps at that point it could help them or that dad realize, Hey, I need to step up here.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely one big factor. Thank you, Faisal. Um, I think you definitely are a super dad from your wife and, uh, the people around you. Sonia likes to say that her, her life is like a show of uh, everybody loves Raymond, but it's everybody loves Faisal. And I can definitely see where that comes from. And, um, just to close, I had, a few rapid fire questions for you guys. Um, so, let's start. In one word, what? How would you define your your relationship? You go first.
1: Spectacular.
2: Oh, I love it. I first word that came to mind was fun. Ooh, nice. Okay. In a few words, what are you most excited for the future with your significant other? Growth. Ooh. In what area? Everything. Okay.
0: Okay. More travel I want to do. I can't wait to do more like family vacations and now the kids are a little bit like they're just, they have like personalities now. So I'm excited to
1: travel
2: the world. Oh, okay. That kind of leads into the third question. So what's the coolest experience or the coolest place that you visited with your significant other?
1: For me, it'll be the Maldives for our honeymoon, which is one part of the most incredible time of our life.
0: For me it was our last european adventure to italy that was like probably one of my favorite vacations with you. Okay, what
2: is each other's favorite food?
1: French fries is hers.
2: Okay. Hot sauce is his. Like that is a food group. <laughs> he puts it
1: on
0: everything that shouldn't even need hot sauce. It is like mm-hmm. the bane of my existence is the amount of hot sauces in our refrigerator. <laughs>
2: Okay. That question is more towards like, if you, you know, you messed up and you wanted to give like a nice little dinner or food, what would you give your significant other? But let's just rephrase into like, what gift would you give if you've messed up slightly?
1: I'd get her a bottle of wine.
0: (laughs) That is (laughs) true. That is true. For Faisal, literally the man has everything. Gifting is really hard in this relationship. I would say we're like an experience, like he's definitely a sports guy. So Just going to the game, any game, whatever game, we're going to a game, that'll make him happy.
2: The thing that we get a lot is that um, the dad says that they want to help, but the emotional labor there is, I have to, like the woman has to think about the 100 things that need to get done and then assign you your 50, whereas you guys in your like team partnership, you already know what 100 things need to get done and you just do whatever 50 you can. Yeah, so what do you say to, to that to that woman, Faisal?
1: Well, like like certain things like how we knew about our business when we realized it wasn't for us, we have to move on. And I think it, if it comes to a point where you guys realize that this person isn't really going to step up, I think it's okay to move on. And I think it's okay to say, hey, you know what? Maybe it's just not the right fit. And if it's not going to create happiness and joy for you, I feel like at that point, it's it's okay to just say, hey, you know what, this is, not gonna, this is not gonna work. And you figure it out on your own. Because clearly that person is not creating any sort of value for you. Then at that point, you just have to move on.
0: I agree. Like showing other dads, like other people. I think that's great too. But also it comes to a certain point. And I think that as women, we have to stand in our power to ask for what we want. And if we're not getting it, then that's a problem. And if that person's not going to change, like you can lead the horse to water, but if you can't, get, you can't get them to drink, I think having honest communication, open communication, asking for your needs, literally splitting up that responsibility and getting your partner to understand is a, it's, it can be done and it's a difficult thing to do. Like it's not a difficult thing to do in a sense of it's a difficult conversation to have, but if your partner or your spouse is not supportive, I think it's okay for you to say that that's not okay. And so I think that you own that right and that power to ask for that fifty percent partnership. I mean, you're amazing, and it's awesome that I get to have a partner like Faisal. There's many times where I still have to have that conversation and say, "Hey, right now is just not enough." Or like naturally, I think Sophia, you and I were talking about the emotional burden of being a mom. Like sometimes I get so hung up and caught up, and like, oh my god, we have like all these other things and picture day, and tomorrow every every other fucking day my kid has to wear another costume to like to school right now, or like this or that, there's this emotional extra thing that we're always thinking about Um, as women. It's okay to ask for that support from your partners. And I appreciate the advice that you're giving to say that you should have hard conversations, you should ask for that partnership, you should not make assumptions. Maybe, you know, up-leveling your circle definitely helps a lot, but the only thing that I wanna add here is that it's also okay to just, after you've done your part, if it's not happening, that's not okay as well, because this is a time where we, you are able to take back your power. And it's important for you to have your life and your sanity and you individually, like our kids view us as like very equally. I would say they don't look at us. Like we don't have these like gender roles in our house that my kids know I'm going to work. And, and they know when Faisal goes to work, like they don't look at us differently to say, Oh, well, who's going to take care of us today? Like, it doesn't work that way. We're just all a team. And it can be done for you too. And I I think that it's definitely a hard conversation to have, but you deserve to have it. Like you deserve to have that from your spouse and from your partner. It is a partnership. I just, I just wanted to provide that perspective that there's a certain point that you just have to say it's you're willing to walk away and that's okay too. Uh, okay guys, who is the better cook between you guys? 100% One hundred percent, Faisal is the most amazing <laughs> chef ever. I actually really like to cook. I actually do think I'm a decent cook. She's like, not as good. She's not as good, and okay. so he does it, and he's really great.
2: Okay, who is the most annoying? The most annoying. Um, I don't know
1: about most annoying, but I'll say some of the more annoying attributes of one another. I could say give it to us, Give Mira, it to just you know, it's hard to ha- turn off sometimes. So she's always just talking work, work, work. And so at times when you just get home, it's like ha- getting her to turn off at, at, a, at a moment fair. is sometimes annoying.
2: That's
0: fair. I agree with that. I'm working on that. I'm working on that. Um, I would say it's, if I'm going to answer something annoying about you, <laughs> since you do that about me. Nothing. Y- yeah. It's actually like, a. It's, it's one of his like good qualities, but it's like the most annoying quality of his is that he's always helping somebody. And I kid you not, Basil's like the ultimate helper, but he goes like, sometimes I have a problem with that where it's like taking away from our time or just always on someone else's service. Um, you're also definitely very acts of service in the way you give love, but it is, I would say that's annoying, not, and it's very sweet, but when you're driving back to like 45 minutes back to like our first home where we used to live in Orlando and helping like the neighbor fix her fax machine, cause like she's the sweetest, but literally the amount of things that Faisal is doing servicing other people and the amount of time that he dedicates to other people sometimes can be slightly frustrating but I will say
1: in my defense she's 96 she's years so old. sweet now
0: you're gonna make me sound like I'm a total asshole she has on nobody show that, so she,
1: she no that she is she really, makes you ever to call me I okay
0: my there. mother across the street the amount of times you go fix stuff like oh my god can it just wait <laughs> until one time like one time just do the things together for everybody because you're also always out doing things for everybody all I'm, the time.
1: I'm always justifying my acts of service.
0: Acts of service. Okay. Sound like a total... That's fine. Go yes. ahead, Sophia. Just More. the next one. Let's move on. <laughs> I'm the main one. You guys already know, right?
2: Yeah. Okay. So following up from that one, what is something that nobody knows about Sanira?
0: Hmm.
1: Something that nobody knows about Sanira. Well, I will say this. She... Obviously, Sanira has has become very successful at what she does. I think what a lot of people don't know is how much she works towards it and how much she tries. She's always working on herself, whether it's mentally, whether it's um, reading books or furthering herself. She tries and works really hard to do that. It doesn't just come from just, I mean, obviously she has natural talent, but she really works to, to further herself and grow herself.
0: I love you for that. Thank you. I do try really hard. I try really hard, you guys. Okay, Um, something about Faisal. Well, you guys don't even know Faisal, so but something that I would say our friends don't even know probably about you. So Faisal is just an incredible entrepreneur. I feel like sometimes I get all of the like outward success, and obviously he's very successful and like built from scratch, like your first business or your second business, like that sustained us forever. Um, was built off, like out of Craigslist. Like he literally hustled his way to the top, but then his like diversification of like his portfolio. So people don't know, like pe- he's like, when people ask like what you do, it's really hard to say, cause you have like a portfolio of companies and products and investments. And I think one of your hidden talents or you're like that nobody knows about is that you're actually an incredible home decor architect i don't know you like design <laughs> homes so well you've like probably done about like, 12 projects now and uh, that is something
2: you do really well
1: that is something i'm very passionate about yeah oh, interesting well i would
0: say that's
2: like a hidden talent too that nobody knows about yeah that is something that um i wouldn't know at least uh what's something what's a hidden talent of sunira's fazel
1: hidden talent of sunira's I, I I don't think anybody knows this but except for our core family she is an incredible singer I really think and not no just way. a single, she's an incredible musician do you know like when you when you first hear a beat of a song there's like certain people who just like hear it internally and just know what song that is and she has that like musical talent and it's not just from like just knowing music knowing like beats but she has an incredible voice and she If you you get a chance to do karaoke with her, make sure you push because she has some incredible chords.
0: That is... um, That was
1: really hidden.
0: There's a partial truth in that. I don't think I'm as incredible as my husband thinks I am, but I am obsessed with... I do
2: have a musical ear. I will say I do have a musical ear. Wow, I think I'm going to believe Faisal on that. Oh, God. Yeah, next night out. (laughs) 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 Karaoke. Um, and we're going to end on a spicy note. Who is, drum roll, better at sex? Sophia. Okay. Instagram
0: made me do it. One team Instagram. wondering. Good answer. There you go. One team wondering.
2: <laughs> that is a good answer. In my defense, I'll say Instagram made me do it. I don't know. Your followers, blame your followers for these questions. <laughs> I want to thank you both for being so honest and so vulnerable on the show today. Faisal, I want to thank you for hopping on. I think we might, might consider having another man on the show after this. Um, Please just like... don't
1: have me do this again.
2: <laughs> we won't. We won't torture you again like this. I think our I'm listeners are going to love this. You did great, by the way. This was
0: awesome. I know it's not easy to be like put on the spot like this. It's... It makes
1: me appreciate what you guys do every single day. And it's not easy to get the right message across. And I'm very proud of my wife right now, like for her to do this as many times as she has and be on and be direct and get the message across. It's not easy. So.
0: Well, it takes a team. And with that, thank you so much for being on the show, Faisal. Sophia, thank you for interviewing us and thinking of this and putting this together um, to our entire team at CO School, who makes this magic happen every single week for you guys, and to our incredible producer, Caitlin, who probably is gonna suffer through a lot of editing <laughs> this episode itself. Thank you. And um, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, uh leave us a review. This is how we grow. But I appreciate you guys getting intimate here today. I you know this was something completely different. Let me know your thoughts. Um, and, uh, let Faisal know, I think your account is, I, you have a private account, so you can't even let Faisal know, but let me know. And I will share it with Faisal. So if you have any messages, uh, DM me at Sarah Madani or leave them below in the reviews and we will definitely get back to you. Thanks for having me, Sophia. And I'll see you guys next week at Co school. Bye-bye Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and show. Our team at CEO school works extremely hard to bring you the best content, authentic conversations and expert guests curated every single week to keep you leveling up in leadership, business and in life. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating telling us what you enjoy the most. Thanks so much. We love having you here.